Hey, friends, welcome to episode 25, season three of the Still Becoming podcast. This is the second part of a conversation I had with Mandy Hood, who runs the Connection Ministry to Women in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, along with her excellent team. I broke this conversation up into two sessions because it was lengthy and I wanted to give you the entire conversation. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and do that now. That's episode 24. And then come back here and listen to episode 25. I'm not going to say anything else right now because I want to give maximum time to the conversation I had with Mandy. So let's get going on episode 25, part two, my conversation with Mandy Hood. Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Still Becoming podcast, a place where women like you and me find help to move from where you are to where you want to be. I'm your host, Laura Acuna. The Still Becoming podcast is where we gather to rethink our thinking about ourselves, our lives, and about our God. We will learn to reframe our shame and trade in limiting beliefs for the liberating truth from God's Word. And why the title Still Becoming? Because that's the Christian journey, isn't it? As we apply God's perfect Word to our lives for growth and change, we are always growing, always learning, and still becoming the women he created us to be. It's never perfect, and it's not too late. Do I need to say that again? It is never perfect, and it is not too late. I am so glad you're here for the journey, and I'm praying that God will speak directly to you through today's episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. You started keeping a diary. I did. Early on, I just felt compelled to start writing down what we were doing. I wasn't sure why. I just felt like someday we were going to need to know how we did things. I'm pretty type A, so I just figured, well, I'll just need to reflect back on this or that. And so I just started writing things down. And it just kind of turned into more than just diary and bullet points. You know, it was all about how we were doing what we did. and what our thoughts were at the time, and kind of went along with that for about a year. And then a couple of our ladies moved out of the area, and they decided they wanted to start their own version of the connection in their communities. And so we said, well, maybe they could find some kind of use out of what we had written. So we passed that on to them, and they loved it. And they they found it very helpful. And there were a couple of things they said, oh, I wish I'd read this a couple of weeks ago, because we already made a mistake here that this would have helped us with. So um, after they they felt it was helpful to them and we thought, well, maybe somebody else could be helped by it. And one of our dreams from early on was actually to help other ministries and to kind of mentor them in some way. So we felt that, that somehow this diary that I was writing could be what you know a big um, part of that. But we didn't know how to get it out there. And I'm thinking, well, we can, you know, make it a PDF and and then what? It just sits there. What do, you know, how do we find these people? So we just kind of went along like that. And then fall of last year kind of had another light bulb moment and said, well, let's make it into a book and publish it on Amazon. And then it's out there for the whole world to see. So whoever God wants to have it, hopefully it'll it'll get to their hands. They can find some information in there. They can help them or encourage them along their journeys. That's kind of how that went. That's how the book went. That's how the book went. And then, well, because we don't 
do bare minimum anything, it seems like. (laughs) We decided we needed a journal to go with it. So while you're going through the book, maybe you want to make notes and have a place to write that down. Or you've got your own God-given dream and you need some way to flesh that out and to, uh, to kind of work through that. So the journal has some quotes from the book, has some writing prompts and scripture that kind of will walk you through which, when you're uh, trying to determine what your plan is and how to go about it. It'll help you walk through that. Well, it's a beautiful book. I wish I could show it to everyone. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I've read it cover to cover. I had the honor of writing the foreword to it. And one of the uh, questions that was posed to me and early in my ministry, and I shared it in the forward, and then uh, I happened to have been also at your launch party, and you shared this as well. One of the things that was asked of my co-leader in ministry, Donna, and I, if your ministry went away tomorrow, would your community even notice? Would they even care? And that was a way to judge and gauge how impactful your ministry is or was to the people that you serve. And that, that I hadn't thought about that for years until I sat down to write your forward. And I thought, my goodness, the entire Waynesboro community would feel such a loss, the husbands as well as the wives, because we know the men have been very supportive. It's another whole story we can't get into today, but the men have been very supportive in helping because they see how this ministry serves their own wives and their families in turn. Everybody gets better the closer we become to Jesus. So would the Waynesboro community even notice? Absolutely. We haven't talked about the Christian movies that are in the movie theater because of the of the connection in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, and all the other ways that you've served. But it's in the book and you can follow Mandy on all the socials. We'll have those in the show notes so that you can follow what they're doing. And also, I know Mandy's very generous and would love to hear from you if you have any questions about a dream that God may may have laid on your heart, and maybe you're wondering how to get that going. So you mentioned to me anyway that there'll be more books. So you're calling this the Connection Leadership Series. Yeah. So what's next? So, So far in the series is Let's Get Together which is the main book, and then the journal, which is called Let's Make Plans. And then the next two books are going to be called Let's Get Equipped, probably part one, part two, or something like that. And the plan is one of those books will be more administrative things, we how to work with fundraising, planning events, working with speakers, that sort of thing. And then the other one will be written by T.T. Williford, one of our co-founders. And uh, that's going to be more programs, how to set up programs, mentoring programs, studies, and that sort of thing. So that that part would be probably more specific to women's ministry, where the other book and Let's Get Together really could be encouraging for anybody, no matter what kind of ministry or nonprofit. Right. You do not have to be called to women's ministry to get something out of this because it's foundational to any kind of, of ministry at all, really, yeah. any kind of ministry. Yeah. Or even just to be encouraged in whatever God is leading you to do. It doesn't need to be starting a ministry or nonprofit because so many times God will tell us to do something. It doesn't make any sense to us or it just seems too big and scary. And this, this definitely is too big and scary for me, (laughs) but, but God baby stepped me into it. And um, yeah, so I've always been an introvert and stayed in the background. So this is like way, way out of my comfort zone. 
but he baby stepped me into it and led me along. And as well as the other ladies, none of us had great um, background as far as like building a ministry or a nonprofit. That's not where any of us came from. So you know, we've all kind of experienced that. Uh, we say God equips the unequipped and he sure did that with us. Yes, he does. I'm living proof of that too. Okay. So two last questions on uh, the ministry. One is tell us what you are doing for younger women. And I want to hear about what's going on with widows. And then one more question. As far as younger women, that's kind of evolved over the years. We've tried different things. Uh, We find younger women are so, so busy building their careers, starting their families. And sometimes, you know, so they get through that, they, they don't even realize the need that they have to get yes. together yes, and to, to be in community with other Christian women. So that, that can be a struggle for sure. Well, we've done different things. I'd say the number one thing is just to find some women that you can talk to and just ask them, what are, what are your needs? What do you like? What don't you like? You know, uh, we actually had a focus group about a year ago and we pulled in four women in their early to mid twenties. And just sat them down and said, you know, asked them those questions and just said, what, what do you like? Is there anything about the connection that turns you off? And they couldn't, fortunately, they couldn't think of anything, but you never know. And it could be that simple wording phrase you use or something could just make sense to me at 63, but not make sense to a 23 year old. Right. Um, so you, ju- you just need to talk to them and ask and try to meet them where they are. A few years ago, we had, um, we had an event we called embrace. Yes. And we met in a coffee shop and Laura, you actually, you were actually at a couple of those. I think. Yep. I visited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we found a coffee shop that was owned by Christians and uh, they allowed us to use their space once a month. And we just do little live music and some fun activity and have a little brief Devo there. That was a great way because that generation loves coffee more than, more than just <laughs> about anything. So that, that was a good way, you know, uh, the atmosphere is very important to that age group. Meeting in somebody's basement is not going to fly, but it, it's all about atmosphere. Yes. And so we've, we've done different things and try to get them involved in planning as much as possible. We had a uh, women's conference a few weeks ago, and one of our keynote speakers was a 26-year-old. Mm. So we, uh, she's very gifted. I should uh, pass her, her name on to you, Laura. You might want to use her sometime. Mm-hmm. But um, to have somebody that age, and she's also conducted a couple of workshops for us. She's just an amazing young woman. But, you know, you need to have them be a part of it as much as you can. If they have ownership in it, they will come. Hey, friends, as you know, my life coaching practice was launched last summer and it is growing. God is so good. I'm accepting new one-on-one coaching clients for 2024, and I'm really happy to announce, I know some of you have waited a long time, I will be beginning still becoming small group coaching for women who struggle with body image and the dieting mindset in January 2024. Now, while one-on-one coaching is for any woman who's at a place in her life where she feels stuck and needs some clarity on what's next, Still Becoming Small Group Coaching is specifically for women who struggle with body image and the dieting mindset. So go to www.laura-acuna.com, click on the coaching tab, and you'll see a form there to fill out to schedule a free discovery call with me where I can answer all your questions and give you all the info you need. I would love to work with you. 
Let's make 2024 a year of movement, of clarity, and of hope as we step into the plan God has for our lives. It isn't over, and it's not too late. I'd love to help you discover your true self, the one God created you to be. Now tell us about the widows. The widows, well, a year or so ago, we just got to thinking how many widows that we had within our midst. And we realized we try not to do anything that is specific to any demographic. Right. We want everybody to feel like they can come to, to whatever type of event works for them and wherever their needs are. But we were really feeling that we had, I think we counted about eight widows. And it's like, that's an extremely large number. We we need to find some way to support them. So uh, we started a private Facebook group for them so that they could have their own space where they could encourage one another. And then we found a dear lady that uh, is a widow herself, and she was willing to organize some social things. Now, we don't do like grief support or anything like that. It's purely social. Give them the opportunity to spend time with other ladies that understand where they're coming from. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. And that's really grown. Our Actually, our Facebook group for widows has grown to nearly 300. Facebook, I must have opened up the algorithm uh, about six months ago, and we were just having, I forget how many, maybe 20 new people wanting to get in the group per week. Wow. It was just crazy. And they were from Canada, all over the US. We have some in Australia and other countries too. It's just amazing the opportunity that we have to allow these ladies to support each other, be an encouragement to each other. And it's just been pretty cool to see that. Yes. We were talking the day of your lunch party about how the loneliness epidemic in our country And certainly, I mean, obviously widows suffer from loneliness, but they're not the only group, but they are a very unique and special group. And the scriptures tell us to take care of the widows and the orphans. And a lot of times we're really good with the orphans. We have foster ministries and we have adoption ministries and we're supporting those parents and everything. But most widows will report that their churches are not consistent about ministering to them. They don't fit into the single mom category or where they get that kind of service, lawn mowing, the oil being changed in their cars, the, you know, those kinds of things, raking the leaves, a good handyman, all those things, practical things that left when their husband left, when he went to be with the Lord. So I've had also a unique insight into that through my friend, Donna, who I've done ministry with for so long and her ministry to widows as well. And what you're doing is really important. It's really important. And I know it's really appreciated. All right. I could talk to you all day about the book and your ministry. But before we end, I told my audience at the beginning of season three, I was going to ask every guest, where are you finding the grace in aging? And I know I gave you that ahead of time. So you can think about it a little bit. Yes. I guess it's just at this stage and stage, having an empty nest gives me the 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 room to to breathe and to think and to explore ministry and things. Like I said, with with the younger women, they're so busy just caring for the day-to-day and their their children and getting their careers off the ground that they don't have, they don't have the, always have the time to to think and plan and dream. And in in this stage, I've got a little more space and more freedom that I can can think and dream. For for me, I get, uh, I don't know, I have a little ADD or something. I'm just like squirreling all over the place. 
but I need a little extra space for my mind to be able to, to think and dream and process and well, what if this or that? So that that part is is nice. It's a nice surprise. And that's so encouraging because when women anticipate the empty nest or are experiencing the empty nest, not all, but so many feel like there's nothing left for them. That if they're not thinking about the kids and driving carpool and worrying about grades and homework and sports and all the things, if their house is quiet, that there's nothing left. But in fact, if we you know, allow God to, there's a whole world that opens up and our children become part of that. They're not gone. And mm-hmm. then new life appears as we have grandchildren, if God blesses us in that way. So there's a lot to look forward to. Talk to me about you being a late bloomer, because I'm one too, girl. <laughs> yeah. So I was always a little bit of a, a pew sitter. <laughs> in church. Sitter. And we, you know, we'd go in the door and, and go back out the door. So it was a little later on that God like really got a hold of me. But one thing um, I was telling Laura that really got a hold of, of my heart was when I read the book, The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. Mm. And I was probably in my early 40s when I read that. And uh, she was about the same age in the book whenever she began really serving God in a, in a big way. And if you're not familiar with that story, Corey, this is in the time of World War II. She was in not Amsterdam, but somewhere in that general region. I'm sorry, I'm not good with geography. But she lived in the same house that she grew up in. The home was on the upper floor, I believe. And on the main floor was a watch shop that her father ran and she worked in the shop. So her whole life into her 40s, she never married, never had children. She lived and worked in the same building. I'm sure it was a very happy life. And, you know, she did good things and had many friends and all that, but nothing very exciting. And then the Nazis came and she basically began an underground railroad (laughs) to help protect the um, Jews and to get them to safety. And it just struck me so hard that there, I was about the same age and she'd have a nice, boring life, just like me. And yet, all of a sudden, she was doing these amazing, brave, brave things, you know, hiding people and trying to figure out how to get the coupons for the rations to provide food and wow. other needs for these people. And then I talked about her riding the bicycle through the town in the middle of the night, and she couldn't make noise. So I think she wrapped towels or rags around the wheels so it didn't make noise in the cobblestone streets. And there she is out doing all this, you know, secret spy stuff and all this kind of thing. And she's in her 40s and 50s. And then she goes on to a concentration camp. She eventually gets caught, gets freed from there. And then she goes into writing these books. And she was an internationally known speaker, you know, and this is all in her later years. And it's like, sure. well, well, why not me? I mean, <laughs> right. so I, I remember reading that. It just struck me so hard. And I got it down on my knees in my living room and just prayed and said, God, use me. Do whatever you want. Use me any way you want. I prefer not to go to a third world country, but whatever you want. (laughs) To put a little caveat in there, but I'll do whatever you want. And it was like, after I prayed that prayer and opened things up, then other little things started happening. And and one thing led to another. So just be open. Yes. Yeah, just be open. And when God tells you to do something, just do it. Yes. And, and girls, as we age, we cannot keep our gaze going backwards at what was. 
we can't do that. We've got to look forward to what God has for us next. And he does. And it makes perfect sense. I said it in the first episode of the season. It makes perfect sense. The enemy would come right in, in those 40s and 50s, where we start getting a little scared about what's next and say, You're, it's done. It's too late. Yep. You should have started this when you were 20. You know, you should have been smarter. You should have been more educated. You should have, should have, should have. And it's over for you. So just sit down and be quiet. Of course, he's coming after us during, right before the most productive time of our lives. Whereas Mandy has so beautifully said, she has time to think. You know, she has, she has some space now to not be so overly, you know, your brain is on overload when you have children and a family and you're built, you're in that, those building years. But when you get older and you're, you know, you have that space, I think it was Jan Silvius who said, you don't have anything to say until you're 40 and you don't have the time to say it until you're 50. <laughs> and I love that because I went back to school at 50 and I thought I was over the hill, you know? So Anyway, your story is very encouraging alongside Corey's story, but very moving because we do believe a lot of times that it's too late. And we also measure our ministries by other people's ministries. We can't do that either because God could be calling you to something big, something medium-sized or something very small. It all is legit and it all advances the kingdom. Amazing. Okay. Well, we're going to have to say goodbye, but before we go, I want you to tell us again where we can find you. Why don't you tell us that first and then okay. um, tell us where we can find your book. Let's get together. So the website for the ministry is www.connectingwomenwithgod.com. Our, the connection was already taken. So when we got websites and all <laughs> that, we, we, we couldn't do that. But our tagline is connecting women with God and each other. So that's what our website is, connectingwomenwithgod.com. And then probably the best way to find me on Amazon would be amazon.com slash author, A-U-T-H-O-R slash Mandy Hood. So that's amazon.com slash author slash Mandy Hood. And that will take you to my bio. Follow me. That way you would get notification as other, the other books come out and be able to see the two current books that are already out in the series. That's awesome. And girls, please share this with anyone you know that is a women's ministry leader or someone who has a dream or someone who's been trying to build a ministry at church and it's just not part of the vision of the church. I mean, that happens. And Mandy learned that if it's not part of the vision of the church, that doesn't mean God is saying no to you. He's saying no to you doing it there, but there's opportunities outside the walls. Again, I'll use the word, it's all legit. Clearly. There's a need out there. And a lot of people aren't going to come through the doors of a church, but they will come to a community ministry. And that has been proven over and over again with the connection in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. One of my favorite groups of people ever. All right, I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to end. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this long and beautiful conversation with Mandy. I appreciate, Lord, um, her willingness to come on the show and share with us what you have done through Mandy and her team. Lord, we ask a special blessing over all the women who are listening today who have dreams and visions inside of them that you've placed there, and they're wondering what to do. Lord, give patience to the young ones who are in those building years where you're pouring into them so that they'll be ready when the time comes. And Lord, please infuse excitement and vision and joy into our older sisters, our comrades um, out there who may be believing that there's nothing left when we know there is. Father, thank you again for this beautiful day. We ask a blessing over every listener in Jesus' name, amen.
I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Mandy Hood. It's meant a lot to me to have her on the Still Becoming podcast. I have watched this ministry grow from a very small dream into something that no one imagined at the very beginning. God is just amazing. So now for soul fitness, strengthening your core, taking out your journal, I want you to write down a God-sized dream, a vision, some prompting that maybe God bubbled up in you as you listened to the conversation with Mandy. Is there some longing in your heart? Are you feeling some direction from God, but you're not quite sure? What might that be? Write that down. And then once you see that written down in front of your eyes, I want you then to look back over your life, over the important things, the big things, and the mundane things, and see where he has been equipping you all along for such a time as this. How do all those pieces of your life suddenly appear to be moving you in the direction you find yourself in today? And let me pray for us. I know I prayed earlier, but I'm going to pray again. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I lift up the women who have been listening to parts one and two of this conversation with Mandy. And first and foremost, Lord, I thank you for this beautiful ministry and such an example to all of us on faithfulness and obedience and saying yes when you call. Lord, I pray for the woman listening right now who maybe is staring at a blank page in that journal and doesn't quite know what to write down. Lord, I just pray that in the days to come, you will give her a vision, you will give her a prompting, you will give her a word that is leading her in the direction you would have her follow you and give her the courage to say yes. Thank you, Lord, for equipping us all along the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, that's it for today. Thank you so much for stopping by. And before you go, will you please hit the subscribe button? And if anything I've shared with you over these three seasons has helped you in any way, would you please leave me a five-star review? Both actions, subscribing and leaving an excellent review, help my message reach the women who need it most. Thank you in advance. Now, don't forget to check out the show notes. You'll find the way to order Mandy's book, Let's Get Together, the story of a unique women's ministry, along with the accompanying journal. And don't forget to check out the rest of the links where you can learn more about life coaching with me, about the still becoming small group coaching that's going to happen in January 2024, and everything else we've mentioned in this episode. I'll see you next time on the Still Becoming Podcast.